Monica Dulcio, and welcome to the podcast, Here's What I Think, a weekly podcast that covers news, politics, pop culture, updates on my life, and new recommendations regarding music, television, film, and podcasts that I think you guys should also listen to. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support. If you'd like to know how you can support me even more, please become a patron on my Patreon page. The link will be in the description of the podcast. Your support means the world to me. I really hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast. Thank you all so much for your support once again, and stay blessed. Welcome back to this week's episode of Here's What I Think. Let's just get started off with favorite people this week. I am so thankful for all the people who listened to my episode about Who Bit Beyonce. It has so many listens now. And I just thank you guys so much. Um, but yeah, let's get into favorite people this week. This week, Maya Angelou was celebrated through the Google Doodle because I believe it's like her birthday. And I gotta say, Maya Angelou is someone I looked up to when I was younger. She was this amazing person who was a phenomenal poet and just a great writer and such a beautiful woman. And her story, like, it warms my heart and I think that she's so great and so amazing. And I'm just, I'm happy. I'm so happy. And it was her 90th birthday if she were to still be alive and I was honestly really sad when she died because she meant so much to me so I I am sad that she's gone but I'm never going to forget how great she is and another person I want to um name my favorite my favorite person this week is MLK um it was hit the anniversary of his death and I feel like with MLK a lot of people are so quick to uh, just talk about how he wanted peace and how he wanted to advocate for change. But the thing is, is that MLK was a Christian, you know, he was a pastor, he was very respectable in the way that he um, called for, you know, change. And his activism was peaceful. respectable respectable but as Bernice King recently tweeted respectability like doesn't escape racism that's basically what she tweeted you know um, MLK was a man who wanted things to be peaceful but he was still arrested multiple times he was still he was still seen as a criminal you know the government still spied on him and recorded his conversations and threatened him and told him to kill himself even though he was doing things in a very peaceful non-violent way and the moderate white liberals who keep talking about how oh well black lives matter should try to be more like mlk nowadays even so the peop the older generation that was alive when mlk was around hated mlk when he died they quietly rejoiced in their hearts and the same people who are alive when mlk was around and hated him are the people who scold black lives matter protesters telling them to be quieter be more respectful this is how you protest this isn't how you ask 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 for change this is how this is not how your act activism should go about you know even though Colin kaepernick peacefully kneels because police brutality affects so many people of color even though he peacefully does that people are upset with that riots they're upset with it there's just it was just no way to win and i look back to mlk and all the things that he did and how now so many people like talk about him in reverence and how wonderful he is how amazing he was and what he stood for was like so awesome and so great and all that stuff 
blah 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 are the same people who probably like look to him in reverence if they were alive when he was alive they probably would have criticized the way he called for change and you know that's all i'm gonna say on that uh, but the next, the last person I have for my favorite person this week is Eugene Bullard. Now, I didn't know who he was until I saw him trending on Twitter. And I saw this Twitter moment about him. And I just want to share with you guys. Um, Eugene Bullard was the first black U.S. combat pilot. And he escaped G Georgia in the Jim Crow era, joined the French Foreign Legion, and became a war hero and he also led a very very interesting life so he um when world war one broke out he joined the french foreign legion like i said he survived the battle of verdun and won the croix the croix de guerre i believe is how you say it he became a fighter pilot the first black military airman and there's a picture of him there's a picture of him with him and his friends and he never flew in the U.S., um, but he he lived like he lived a pretty cool life, you know. He left the U.S. for the U.K. He performed in the Voldovin Troop and earned money as a prize fighter in the U.K. Western Europe. In 1913, Bullard went to France for a boxing match and decided to settle in France. At the beginning of World War One, Eugene Bullard enlisted in the French Foreign Legion. He was a machine gunner and saw combat on the Somme front and participated in the fighting on the Somme, Champagne, and Verdun, where he was severely wounded on March 5, 1916. He was sent to Lyon to recuperate. Bullard was cited for acts of valor at the orders of the regiment and was awarded the Croix de Guerre. While on leave in Paris, Bullard bet a, man, a friend $2,000 that despite his color, he would enlist in the French flying service. He entered the Aeronautique Militaire in November 1916. He began flight training at Tours in 1916 and he received his rings in May 1917. He was first assigned to Escadrille Spa in 19 in Escadrille oh, Spa 93 and then to Escadrille Gadil Spa 85 in September 1917. And he took part in over 20 combat missions on the Western Front. Bullard claimed two aerial victories, a Fokker triplane and Flas D the third, but neither could be confirmed. He had a Cigna for his Spad 7C1 that portrayed a heart with a dagger running through it. The slogan, All Blood Runs Red. Reportedly, Bullard flew with a mascot, the Ruse Monkey named Jimmy. <laughs> oh, he flew with the monkey. That's super cool. Yeah, but he did a lot of other great things, and this moment is like really long. And you know, I'm not going to read it to read all of it to you guys, but you should definitely, you know, take the time to read it. Um, you know, take a look at it, you know, take a crack at it. I think it's really cool, it's really amazing, and his life is really interesting. So, yeah, that is it for favorite people this week, you guys. And we will be right back with Here For It, Not Here For It. That was the segment favorite people. Now here's for the next segment of the podcast called Here For It, Not Here For It. Please enjoy. Hello, welcome back. Let's go into Here For It. Here For It, Not Here For It. Now I have some stories for you guys. When I first started out, like, doing my outline for today, I didn't have a lot of stories, but I have three stories here right in front of me, and we're just going to dive right in. Now, I want to talk about, again, Roseanne, because 
it really like fucking pisses me off that Roseanne did really well the first week. It didn't do as well the second week, but um, the first, like, you know, the first time it aired, it did super well. And I really have to talk about Roseanne because I remember there was a tweet or like some article going around about how the network wanted people to separate the character Roseanne from the person Roseanne. And I was so annoyed by that because how in the fuck are we supposed to separate the two? It is so ridiculous how the show Roseanne went from the show it was in the 90s to the show it is now. Reflecting Roseanne Barr's actual like opinions about how she doesn't think that the Parkland kids like actually with their mass shooting and how she doesn't care about people of color or transgender people, LGBTQ community, she doesn't care about them. And obviously ABC sees like the backlash that the show Roseanne has faced, but they don't want to cancel the show because of all the views it's getting and how much money they will make from this show. And they've already greenlit the show for a second season. And now there are so many times when like I see a show and there are people in it that I like. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many actors in here that I like, but I'm not going to watch the show because the show's a piece of shit. Like, there's a, there's a redhead from um, Shameless. She plays Debbie in Shameless. She's in Roseanne. She plays, like, the daughter. And I want to I wanna see her do well and succeed because I think she's a great actress. But I'm not going to watch Roseanne just for that. Like, no. I'm not doing that. So I really just want to talk a little bit about how Roseanne is just it's different you know from what it was in the um what it was in the 90s what was it in the 90s was it in the 90s looks listen I didn't watch Roseanne when it was on okay I wasn't interested in it but the show leans so far right that it can't be on television. We need to stop normalizing this far-right conspiracy theory side of America that has risen up in the wake of Trump's America because it's disgusting. These people believe outlandish things and they push them on other people. It's like, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, let me, listen. There are many different shows on right now, currently. There are awesome shows on different networks with wonderful, amazing people um, and awesome cast who are very talented. And there are a lot of shows that are on right now on TV that are so great, that are so overridden. And those shows get canceled or they don't get a lot of viewership or they're more popular on Netflix than they are when they're viewing like live. And then there's Roseanne, this show that takes someone who is right-wing, small-minded, homophobic, racist, transphobic, and smacks her on one of the biggest TV networks and then makes all this money the opening night and then everyone's just like, oh my gosh, what happened? What's different? Is she making a way for conservative women? Is Roseanne Barr turning the tide? Like, no, she's not turning the tide. What fucking tide is she turning? The red tide of racism and misogyny? Is that the tide she's turning? No. And the show is supposed to like demonstrate what a modern society is. It's supposed to show how like this show, this family is like everyone else's family. And I get it. I get that there's like white people who have Trump supporting family members and parents and cousins and things like that. But the fact of the matter is not every family in America is white. If you forget that, because there's, okay, I read this in an article that there's a scene in the show where the 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 husband Roseanne's husband is basically like they slept through like a couple of shows or something and then Roseanne is like I think the husband's like he slept he slept through the shows with like the Asian family and the black family and then she basically is like oh they're just like us you get it the end and that line is so like 
you don't need to watch that show because why would you care about black and Asian families? They're just like us. Like she's mocking it in a way. And it's kind of bold to mock shows that have been on longer than Roseanne has, that have made more money, more press, have been doing so much well, have gotten better reviews than Roseanne on the same network. And ABC was like, yeah, you can say that. It's fine. It's whatever. Like, you're going to let this show with this right-wing racist-ass woman, like, degrade the other shows that you have that people like far better. Just for like what the hook of it, just for like the heck of it, just for just for laughs, just for fucking fun. Is that why? And also, this is this pisses me off about reboots, because you take something old and you try to make it like better and new, you try to make it like part of the this term, like you trying to make it part of what's happening now, so it's relevant and now it's it's just trash. You know, like the only reboot that I actually like is Raven's Home, and I've only watched like one and a half episodes of that. That's the only reboot I like. Like this Roseanne reboot, it's a bad idea. It's a bad fucking idea, right? Um, I'm trying. I'm sorry if I'm. I'm sorry if I'm not speaking right now. I'm just trying to read an article. Sorry, I'm reading an article right now. And Okay, I'm all right. For what I'm reading in the article um I get that like I guess the show's supposed to be like so outlandish and fucking far out there it's supposed to be like relatable to people but it's not because Roseanne Barr once did a photo shoot where she ate Jewish cookies she dressed up as Hitler like she dressed up as a Nazi like you're giving money and attention to this woman who doesn't care about people who look like her? She doesn't she doesn't even care about women, to be perfectly honest. Like the old Roseanne Barr from articles that I have read about the show, because I haven't watched it, but the old Roseanne was like very pro-choice and a much better role model to young feminists. And I'm pretty sure that the new Roseanne is probably against abortion and other things like that. And also, the liberal, like, character, I guess, the woman who's wearing the pink hat, she seems a little, like, she seems like she's trying too hard to be liberal, because I think someone said, like, she voted for Jill Stein, like, that's a thing that she said in the, the show. So I think they're trying to, like, make it seem like conservatives are, like, kind, even though conservatives say crazy, outlandish conspiracy theories, the show is trying to make it seem like the conservatives are right and the liberals are wrong, that the liberals are trying to, like, be too sensitive in a way and it's trying to paint liberals in like a negative light that's another problem that's just another problem i have this show it's it's that so many people turned to trump because they felt neglected they felt they weren't being heard they felt like their no one was representing them so they went through the man who was hateful they went to the man who didn't care about anyone else but him. They went to the man who doesn't care about logic or reason or have any sense of intelligence whatsoever, but just says whatever he feels like saying and does whatever makes him feel good and doesn't care about running a country or actually having it run like, 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 you don't understand. There is no head of NASA right now. You may think, Monica, why would you yell that out randomly? There is no head of NASA. We do not have ambassadors. Like, this whole North Korea crisis that's happening, the reason why Trump is trying to delegate it on his own is because we don't have an ambassador for North Korea right now. Like, we don't, the State Department is gutted. The EPA is fucked, all right? There are so many things going wrong in the White House and our government administration right now because this idiot thinks he can run the whole show and it's burning to the ground. Like, the tax bill, that they passed to make law, it has caused so many businesses to go out of business. 
it's, it's, it's this bullshit. It's complete and utter bullshit. I had a point to like, like it makes, it seems like I'm rambling right now as to why I don't like, um, as to why I don't like Roseanne, the new Roseanne. But if you really want to know how I feel, you should read um, you should read Roxane Gay's opinion piece of the New York Times. It's basically called The Roseanne Reboot is Funny. I'm not going to keep watching. I read it and it just summed up how I felt if I watched it. You know, I feel like it's a really great job. It does a really great job of... Um, she did a really great job of just like t reading. She did a really great job of just articulating her point and all that. It's ugh. just read it. I'm sorry that I can't piece together a thought right now. I'm just I'm all over the place. But um, let's move on from Roseanne and go into what's happening in Oklahoma right now because I'm pretty sure you guys have probably seen this on the news or just seen it on Twitter. But it's basically the same thing that was happening in West Virginia. And it's happening in like Kentucky also, I believe. But basically, uh, what's going on is that there are teachers in Oklahoma, they want better wages. You know, the schools are in terrible shape. The textbooks are gross. And the teachers want more. They want, you know, they deserve better. They want better for themselves and for the students. And, um, yeah, let me read an article for you guys. Um, there's a teacher, her name is Mary Burden. She says a picture of anatomy books her students have to use at in high school in Oklahoma. And the textbooks are awful like they are bad these textbooks look terrible they are you know crumbling the spines are missing the covers are like torn off and this the schools in the schools in um in oklahoma really need funding for new textbooks as well and they also would love some money towards a pay raise, which I think is a great idea. And I don't, I've never understood, I've never understood why states don't pay more attention to teachers and why they don't like pay teachers more, you know? So in Oklahoma, education funding has dropped by 28% over the past decade. And Oklahoma is among the bottom three states in terms of teachers' salaries. Now that's just shitty. That is some, that is bullshit. Cause why, why wouldn't you treat teachers well? Teachers have to give kids, like they have to help kids learn. Teachers have to help kids in their future and things like that. <laughs> it makes no sense. It just, it does, it, does it make sense to anyone? Cause it doesn't make sense to me. And last week, Governor Mary Fallon signed a bill that gives an average of six, thousand raises for teachers and adds 50 million in education funding okay but Oklahoma Education Associate Association President Alicia Priest said that's still not enough some classrooms don't have enough textbooks some of those books are more than 20 years old our schools just can't maintain all the supplies, instruction materials, even copy paper. Copies are limited in schools to maybe 30 a week. Huh. Now that's just crazy. And there was a protest going on um, that I saw on MSNBC and at how people I honestly don't I I cannot wrap my head around why you would take cuts out of the education system and 
not give more money towards teachers, not give more money towards schools, not give more funding for textbooks and education, especially if your textbooks have information that's 20 years old. That's a huge problem because you can't keep teaching these kids like misinformation. A lot of the textbooks, if they're 20 years old, a lot of the information could probably be disproven by new information that these kids can just find on Wikipedia. So these kids aren't paying attention to school and they feel like none of this matters. And if you don't have the right tools and the right material and the right funding to help these kids learn, then are they really going to care about school? Are they really going to give a fuck about learning? They probably aren't. They're probably going to see this as like pointless, as stupid, as like unnecessary and they're not going to care and it's it's kind of ridiculous that legislators wouldn't would like I see how like certain state budgets probably need more money for other things but one of the top things you should be putting your money towards in your state budget should be the education system because why wouldn't you take care of your babies why wouldn't you take care of the teachers why would you take care of the schools why would you neglect that? It 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 makes no sense at all. And I this is hap- this is also this is happening in a lot of schools. It's not it's, it's happening it happened in West Virginia and you know in West Virginia um <sighs> I'm sorry. In West, in West Virginia, you know, they kind of just like came to a standstill, sort of. But, um. They, <clears throat> I'm sorry if I'm stuttering. And another thing I should mention that, uh, this, like, Oklahoma is a Republican state, you know? Mostly white people live there. And it being a Republican state, they probably voted for people who were in favor of using the education funding in order to like put it towards something else. And you can tell like a lot of people who are interviewed, like the news reporter would be like, oh, well, this is a Republican state. We're going to tell your Republican legislators. And they are always like, this is a Republican or Democratic issue. This is an issue about the kids. This is an issue about the teachers. And low-key, though, it is a Republican and Democratic issue because if you vote Republican, you vote with these Republican legislators into, like, office, like, to run your state government, and now your schools are fucked. Like, it's not by chance that all these people who were in charge, who were making the laws, who were making the decisions at, like, the top of your state, like, you know, it's a surprise that your governor says that prisons need more funding than schools. Like, why would she say that? You do realize that underfunded schools lead to more kids ending up in prison. Like, that's a, it's a cycle. You know, you see that, right? You may think, oh, that only happens in like places like Chicago or like Compton, but no, it can happen in a lot of places. The more money people spend in like privatized prisons so that they can make more money, and less money you spend in schools, these kids won't graduate high school. They won't want to go to college to further their education, and they may just end up working some minimum wage job, or they may end up just like unemployed or homeless or I don't know they might end up in school but they might drop out you never know what happens when kids don't get a proper education when they're young and even when they're like in high school if they don't get the proper materials and you know if their teachers aren't prepared and their teachers aren't well paid and their teachers don't feel like what they do matters then that could affect their teaching style as well and these kids if these kids aren't taught by teachers who feel like they're being appreciated, if they feel the appreciation in their bank accounts, then, you know, you don't, bad things can happen. So, yeah. But these um, budget cuts in the state's government are Republican 
led. And the teachers, they're not okay with it, even though many of these teachers probably voted these Republicans into office. That's why when you have, that's why when you vote people into your state government, you really have to like pay attention to like what they're running on, what they believe in, what they're going to do for your state, you know, what are their stances. Like look up the stuff on online. Don't only vote on the party lines. I say that for people who are Republican and Democrat because like just because you're a Democrat doesn't mean you're a good person. Doesn't mean you want like the right things for your state. Like many people like Doug Jones and we voted for him because we weren't going to vote for Roy Moore. But even Doug Jones doesn't care about the fact that President Trump has been accused by more than a dozen women of sexual assault. Like he thinks we should focus less on that and more on other things. Like he doesn't think we should focus on the Russia investigation and more other things. Like, okay, Doug, we liked you then. All right, don't, don't, don't make, don't make me regret. Don't make me regret retweeting all those things about you on my timeline. Come on. Excuse me. Okay, so I want to read you guys this part of the an article this is an article i found on D daily costs and uh it's basically a criticism of what mary fallon said so mary fallon responded to um the protests that are happening because of the teachers that want higher wages and she governor fallon really made sure to let everyone know exactly how she and her fellow republicans prioritize things and she says, there are some teachers that would like more. We hear that. We understand that. That's been a lot of the message at the Capitol. But we also have to fund prisons. Prisons are a big issue in McAllister, our social services, health care services, the poor and the needy. Now, I see how um, a lot of, I see how like, that's a good thing to say. Like, I know the teachers want higher wages, but we also have to take care of our health care services and our social services. Now, to add on to that, do you remember the tax bill? Because I do. Remember that giant piece of legislation that you passed? Yeah, the thing that gave tax breaks to wealthy people and corporations, therefore telling other senators and governors and congresspeople, hey, Pass this tax bill and then take the money out of your state from Medicare, from um, homeless programs or like healthcare services, social services, education, put it towards our tax bill so we can cut it to the wealthiest people and we can also give it to people to also give it to corporations. Because the idea behind the tax bill, the idea behind it was that if you give more money to corporations, they will pass that money down to the working class, but they're not going to do that. You know why? Because they're going to take the money and keep it for themselves. And then they're going to lay off a bunch of people like they currently are doing. That's why Sam's Clubs are closing down. That's why Toys R Us are closing down. Well, no one goes to Toys R Us anymore. It's like bankruptcy is like, bankruptcy was bound to happen. But like, that's why Jared's are closing down. That's why so many stores are closing down because corporate corporations are getting all this money from Republican legislators and they feel like we don't need these other stores to make money because we've already got the money in our pocket. So we're going to lay off all these workers, close all these stores to keep the money for ourselves. And then Paul Ryan's going to be like, oh, we don't have any money left after this huge tax cut. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take money out of Social Security and Medicaid and all the other Republican leaders, congresspeople, senators, representatives, governors. They're all going to be like, yes, bravo, Paul Ryan, wonderful plan. And then take money out of their state governments in order to fund that. And that is why Oklahoma has no money. So great job, Oklahoma teachers, all you fuckers that voted for the Republican leaders right now. <laughs> you did it. You did that. You think your vote doesn't count, but it does. And this is what happens. Now all your teachers can't copy, make more than 30 copies a week. And they can't get new textbooks or new books or buy fucking pens anymore because they slashed all the edu they slashed federal federal funding for schools they slashed state funding for schools and they just shove a new tax plan and they give it to the corporations. <sighs> yep.
Okay. Um, if you guys want to read more about it, I will put articles all about this whole thing in the um, in the description. Whether you're listening on SoundCloud or I forget to put these things on YouTube, but I'll put it all on YouTube. Whether you're listening on SoundCloud or you're watching me live or whatever, I will be sure to like link some articles down below for you guys to check out because it's really interesting. You know, it's really good. Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on to um, something else. Hold on, one second. Okay, and I'm back. So let's continue on. Um, I have one more story to talk about. This is about Kevin Williamson. Now, to be perfectly honest, I don't know who this is. Um, I saw this trending on Twitter, and I thought, hey, I'm going to scoop this in here to talk about real quick, and uh, then we're going to get on our way. Um, I still need a burp. Alright. Wait a minute. No, I don't need a burp. It's fine. Whatever. Just let it pass. No, I don't need a burp. Okay, so... There was this writer for The Atlantic, Kevin uh, Williamson, and he, oh, hold on, I need a burp. Uh. <sighs> Excuse me. That felt so good. Mm. Mm, girl. Mm, yes, girl. <coughs> okay. So, um, Kevin Williamson basically was this writer for The Atlantic, and he was a douchebag. He said that women who had abortions should be hung, and he thought that Laverne Cox was a man masquerading as a woman, and he was recently fired from The Atlantic. You know, that's all I have to say about him. There are a lot of people who work um, in, like, uh, journalism, and there are a lot of assholes in journalism and the fact that he was let go at the Atlantic was really great and you know I'm glad that he's fired because uh, fuck that guy who cares about him but that's not really the story I want to talk about I just wanted to slide him in there real quick like real quick and I wanted to really talk about this woman Sasha um, Walls I believe that's her name or Sasha Wall I don't know her last name is either Wall or Walls but I might have spelled it wrong when I was googling, googling her. Yeah, okay, it's Sasha Wall, and she died Sunday. And she's the eighth per she's the eighth trans person to report to be reported murdered this year. It began really sadly. She was found shot to death in a car on a South Carolina road Sunday morning. Wall was 29, who was initially misgendered and dead named by local media, was shot several times in the neck and shoulder, reports by Columbia uh, SC newspaper, The State. She was found on the road in rural Chesterfield County. Her car was sitting on the side of the road, running for two hours, for nearly two hours. The car wasn't parked, but it was right in the roadway, and people were just going around it. Wow. That, wow, that's awful. Uh, apparently, the killer was angry. You could tell by the number of shots that were in her body. They haven't characterized her killing as a hate crime, demeaning it more like a result of a domestic dispute. Robert Lee, James Robert Lee, a former boyfriend of Walls, told a local news station he had seen her Saturday. Everything appeared to be fine. She did give any vibe that anything was wrong, he said. Wall, who lived in a mobile home near Pageland, South Carolina, was remembered fondly by friends on social media. On Facebook, Donovan Dunlap recalled taking pictures, photos of her, saying, You stayed ready for the camera. I will miss you, my beautiful sister. I cannot sleep. I hope they find who did this. This sucks. 
a lot because people don't talk about transgender women dying often but it does happen and though it seems like oh this is only the eighth person who's died this year more than 20 women transgender women have died in the past years like i believe probably 2017 was the highest number of transgender women who died i believe it was 27 women and the thing is is that you don't always know if the women are transgender because um they are dead named they could be dead named in the media meaning that when they report the woman being dead they give her the name they give her her old name the name that she was like born with not the name that, that she had when she died or they misgender her or the deaths aren't reported at all because they feel like people don't care about transgender women when they die and it sucks because her life truly matters you know and I really wish that this didn't happen in this country. I really wish that black transgender women didn't have to fear being shot just for being alive. You know, there are women, black transgender women who die because they disclose that they're trans to their partners and then they're killed, or they don't disclose to their partners they're trans and then they're killed, or they live a quiet, normal life and then their neighbors like find out that they're trans and then murder them. Like this man went up to her car, most likely, and shot her shot her multiple times like the shooter was probably in the passenger seat of the car or just outside the car and it sucks because there were multiple shots within her body and the police just want to like put like they just want to label as a domestic dispute but this is obviously a hate crime because this happens so often and so many times no one talks about it and no one cares so i just wanted i'm sorry I really just wanted to bring this to your attention because it's not something you hear about talked about every day. It's not something that's always in the news. It's not something that's always on Twitter. But I still feel like it's very important. So I just wanted to I wanted to uh, talk to you guys about that. So yeah, please remember her name, Sasha Wall. You know, her life matters and she did not deserve to die that way. And I just thank you guys so much for listening to Here For It. Um, here for it this week. <laughs> Nothing. I'm not here for anything. Not here for Roseanne because fuck Roseanne. Fuck her show. Blackish and fresh off the boat and grownish forever and always. Okay. Those shows are fucking lit and great. And the fact if I, I swear to God, if Roseanne gets a Golden Globe before Blackish does, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to lose my literal shit. I promise you that. Because we all know that Master of None is not going up for a Golden Globe this year. And if Roseanne gets nominated for a Golden Globe and wins, I'm going to be... I'm going to... I'm going to... I'll go off the wall. I'm going to be off the, the wall. But I'm not here for Roseanne. I'm not here for Kevin Williamson. I'm not here for black trans women dying. And uh, not here for Oklahoma teachers being treated like shit. Also not here for Republicans voting Republicans in the office and being surprised but they fuck you over as if they actually cared about you and your broke ass. But uh, that's it for here for it this week, guys. I will be right back with here's what I think. the segment here for it not here for it now for this segment of the podcast called here's what i think thank you so much for listening please enjoy okay guys let's just dive right into the stories i have a lot of stories for you guys well I have three stories for you guys, but the first one I want to get into today is the YouTube shooting. Now, I um, I figured this out, like, very recently. Like, this happened recently, you know, and I was, like, wondering, what do I, like, um, hold on, you burp again. Uh, ah. Oh, she's okay. But... I remember I was online and I was looking for stories to talk about for this week's podcast and I saw this um 
I saw this trending on Twitter and I was like, oh lord. So, um, on Tuesday, there's a shooting at YouTube headquarters and basically, I guess it's highlighted the vulnerabilities of working of workplace security and like having an open campus model that's often favored by Silicon Valley tech companies. And this article that I'm reading for ABC News is talking about how like a lot of companies, they have open sort of spaces as a way to like work. And um, how that's not really safe, I guess. I guess that's what I mean. But the attack on YouTube headquarters was led by Nassim Agdam. She was 39. I think it was. I think it was a woman. I think they said the suspect was a woman. And you know, Nassim stormed the North Northern Carolina, Northern California YouTube campus at lunchtime on Tuesday, armed with a handgun. Police say, causing terrified employees to run for their lives and barricade themselves inside rooms. Four people were hurt in the bloodshed, three from gun wounds, gun wound, gunshot wounds, one with an ankle injury from running from the scene. Agdam killed herself at the building, was a prolific YouTube user who is upset with YouTube's policies and practices. That's what people say, basically. And it appears that she had parked her car behind a neighboring business and assessed the YouTube campus from a parking garage. The parking garage has pedestrian pedestrian doors open air to open areas at YouTube campus and in the wake of the shooting um, San Bruno police chief Ed Barberini said officers have trained with YouTube regarding critical incidents um, and then it says this is this there is security on site we just have to figure out the area where she entered that's what Barberini said to the, um, this what that's the statement he gave and now YouTube is trying to work hard to create to give more security basically to the open campus kind of space that they have where they work and I have to say it's very sad that this happened at the YouTube headquarters it's very sad that another shooting happened again and I really hope everyone's safe. I really hope there's a speedy recovery. And I hope that we can honestly talk about how accessible guns are and how gun shootings happen way too often in this country and how we shouldn't be desensitized to them. We shouldn't be we shouldn't think of you shouldn't think of gun shootings as oh, just another day in America. Someone brings a gun, someone kills a bunch of people, you know, they die, life goes on, you know, people lose their lives every day, you never know what's gonna happen. Like I really wish this didn't happen so often because now gun deaths have been added to like the like this is whole like list for the CDC of natural causes in America and gun deaths is now a natural cause because it happens so often and it's so common now in this country like that's a sad thing it's a very depressing thing to think about so I really hope that everyone's okay at YouTube HQ and I hope everything gets resolved really quickly and that you know we can move forward with this to be better because that's all i really want i just want i just want things to be better i'm sorry i'm trying to eat an m m and i'm trying to eat it with like the front teeth my front teeth i failed okay let's move on to the next story timothy cunningham now you may not know who timothy cunningham is but he is a CDC employee in Atlanta and he went missing two months ago and his body was found in uh, a, the Chattahoochee River. Atlanta police found him. He's been missing since February 12th and um, he basically he left work sick and he hadn't been heard from since February 12th and um he was i think he was like sick he was talking about how like the flu vaccine was um there was something wrong with it basically 
and then there was this, there was this huge flu epidemic going on in the country. Like people were dying from the flu at the time that he brought up the fact that brought up the flu vaccine, and he was getting threats at his office, and then he just randomly like went missing. Like no one heard from him, and now they found his body badly decomposed in the middle of the Chattahoochee River. You know, and um, the police said he was upset for not getting a promotion. And then the CDC later retracted that information, saying that Cunningham, in fact, did get a promotion. And I find it oddly suspicious that the CDC wasn't more concerned about their own worker being missing for so long. Like, isn't it like if you work for the CDC, you must be pretty important. Like, wouldn't they have done more to try and find him? Like, should it have should it have really taken should it like two months should it have really taken two months to find one man one normal man who just works at the cdc like this man he's a, come on he's not james bond it's not that like he's hard to find but officials have said there's no foul play foul play indicated and that the preliminary cause of death is drowning which is very sad and very heartbreaking. And I gotta say, I I hope that his family and friends are okay. And he was a young man, like he was 35 years old. That's pretty young. And it sucks that he died, you know, just doing his job. That's very sad. And I hope that his family and friends are okay. And um, I hope that he just rests in peace. You know, it's it's an awful thing when you're taking away you 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 know it's an awful thing when your life has ended so quickly. You know, it's not it's not fair to him. It's not fair at all. Uh yeah. Let's move on to my next story, which is Sahid Basel. Now, in the wake of Stefan Clark, another black man has been shot down by the police. And I shared this picture on my personal Instagram. And um, I thought that it was a shower pipe he was holding. But no, it wasn't. A sh- it was just a pipe. It was a, it was a metal pipe. You know, that was all it was. But um, Sahid Vassell is a bipolar black man who was shot 10 times by the cops he was completely unarmed except holding a metal pipe now i don't know what the fuck is up with these cops not thinking before they shoot somebody like first stefan clark is shot 20 times for holding a cell phone and now you're shooting motherfuckers for holding like 10 times you shot him 10 times for holding a metal pipe now i've seen the metal pipe it doesn't look like a gun i'm pretty sure he wasn't gonna hit you over the head with it like let's be very like let's be very serious here like you really think he was you really think he was about to shoot you? You really feared for your life in that moment. But um, basically many of his family and friends are mourning his death right now. He was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. His son was um let me let me read this article for you guys so you can just get a, get just like get where I'm coming from. Um, family and friends of Sahid Vassell, a black man who was shot dead by police in Brooklyn on Wednesday afternoon after they mistakenly believed he was carrying a gun, has have experienced their have expressed their anger at his killing. Vassell, 34 years old, was reportedly holding a metal pipe and, according to police, took a two-handed shooting stance and pointed an object at the approaching officers. Four New York Police Department officers fired 10 shots at Vassell killing him. A woman who is um, who identified herself as his aunt said that he lives in the church and he never had a gun. He's a good kid. They killed him for no reason, added one of his cousins. Vassell's father said that he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and police said he had classified he had been classified as an emotionally disturbed person in previous encounters. Vassell lived with his family in Crown Heights and had a 15-year-old son. Oh, that's so sad. 
That is so heartbreaking. I really wish that would. I really wish this would stop. Like I really wish that innocent people would stop being killed in the street for no reason. Like this is so heartbreaking and it's frustrating and it's too much. Like all of this is just too much shit going on, and I sincerely hope that him and I sincerely hope that Vassell's family I'm trying hard not to cry here right now okay like I hope that Vassell's family Vassell I hope that Sahid's family finds peace and they know that he will not be forgotten I you know I I gotta say, I'm so tired of, I'm tired of the continuing list of reasons as to why you could be shot by the police. Like, can we please, like, can we stop? Like, I don't know if it's too much, I don't know if it's too much for you, like, but you could, can you stop killing us? Can you stop killing them, please? Because... First, it was reported that it was a shower head. Now it's just a metal pipe. And I shouldn't feel, I feel that there shouldn't be just, there shouldn't be, you know, just random objects that black people can hold in their hands and the police will find it threatening or they will get you scared or they'll get you trigger happy and they end up killing someone to the point that they shoot them 10 times. How do you shoot someone 10 times? The first time is an accident. The rest of the times are on purpose. You don't shoot someone on purpose 10 times. It's ridiculous. It's awful. It's morbid. It's sad. It's completely unnecessary and awful that you would do this. Like, why? Um... it's not fair and it's not right it's not fair that he died this way and you know um, i will be holding his family in my heart and i will be praying for him so um that's all i have for you guys this week thank you so much for listening and i will see you i will talk to you next week uh please become a patron my patreon page and um stay blessed this week's episode of here's what i think i really appreciate your listens and all your support this week i would like to recommend you guys to listen to Haley kiyoko's new album expectations it just came out it's amazing it's so awesome i love her so much also i have been re-watching um the santa clarita diet on netflix and it's such a funny show you have to check it out drew barrymore is in it and she's amazing I've also been watching the show on Netflix called Delicious. Uh, it's called Ugly Delicious. It's a really cool cooking show. It's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. I also started watching this movie on Netflix called First Match. It's about this black girl in the hood and she joins the boys wrestling team and it is an awesome movie. I have also watched the series Ugly Everything Sucks. It is this amazing series about these kids in high school that try to navigate life and I think I recommended it to you guys. Um, last week but you should definitely check it out i'm recommending it to you twice because it is phenomenal also i started watching this comedy series called james the caster repertoire it is in four parts they're all 50 minutes it is funny it's hilarious i love it please check it out thank you so much for listening i really appreciate you guys and bye bye